Hello and welcome to the Bald Explorer podcast for Saturday the 15th of December 2018 and you're very welcome because this is the first of the what shall I call it official podcasts I don't know the Bald Explorer has put out some podcasts before but this is really I suppose the first um what should I call it uh magazine format show um and I'm exploring the nature and potential of podcasting for the bald explorer on a more regular basis anyway hello and welcome What's in this episode? Well, let me tell you, I'll talk a little bit about the aims and ambitions, but I don't want to spend too long on that because that can be a bit dull and boring. Um, There are some excerpts from walks coming up next week. Uh, This is the weekend. Uh, As I say, it's Saturday the 15th of December next week on the Bald Explorer on the video channels on YouTube and on Facebook. I will be presenting... um, Two walks around the Ashurst area in West Sussex and two church investigations with the very lovely Andrew Shackson. And one of the churches is more interesting because it appeared for about 101 years and then disappeared. So that's something worth looking out for. And that will be coming up next week. But I shall play an excerpt from it in today's podcast. Also, I thought it would be interesting to take a book and explore, maybe read passages from it each week and uh, recommend it for yourselves if you're interested. Uh, These are really books that uh, I find interesting and fascinating. They may be on all sorts of different subjects, but mostly related to landscape, history and nature, which is what the Bald Explorer is all about. I'm going to tell you why you should and how helpful it would be to become a patron in today's show and also about the gallery video that we're hoping to launch on the Bald Explorer group pages very soon. And in closing, I'll tell you what I intend to have in next week's show. So there we are. That's the lineup for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you will enjoy this. No doubt the podcast will improve and get better as uh, it goes on. These sort of things, when they're brand new, they tend to be a little bit stilted and you're trying to work out how you're going to do it. And then in time, you get the flow and it all works very well. My name's Richard Vobes. I have been a podcaster since 2005. I did something called The Vobe Show, which ran until about 2013, something like that, a daily 30-minute dollop of nonsense and fun. Uh, But within that, there were what I won an award for, in actual fact, in 2005, the uh, Sound Seeing Tours, as the Americans called it at the time, which I would really call short format documentaries, where we would take the microphone, the recorder and go out and investigate the world around me. And really, from there, the essence of the Bald Explorer was formed. 
However, it took until around about 2000 and I think the first one came out in 2013 when the first Bald Explorer actually hit the screens and then was shown on the community channel. I'll talk more about the history of the Bald Explorer in another podcast. Anyway, that's who I am. I've been making videos and films ever since I was a child, starting out on Super 8 film, and in fact, actually starting out on Standard 8 film, which is 16mm split up the middle, and uh, you would have a, a roll of film, you would film half of the uh, spool to begin with, then you would have to take the spool out of the camera, turn it over, and it would expose the same roll again, but on the other side of the 16mm spool. It would be sent off, sliced up the middle, this 16mm piece of film, and then joined to give you a, a length of 50 foot, which lasted 3 minutes and 20 seconds, more or less, if you were lucky. And so you had to respect, it was quite expensive back in the day, it was all silent, um, you could get sound when Super 8 came along, but we are talking when I started doing it in the 1970s, and it was very much the heyday of Super 8 filming. Um, of course, I think you can still get Super 8 filming, and I think, uh, or rather film, and I think that people still do it, but very, very rare, and I think mostly it's students and that sort of thing who are at film school, and maybe you have to go to a special place to have them developed. 16mm, as far as I know, is still being used, but again, it's very rare. Mostly people shoot in video, and the whole video history is a whole new story, and I'll talk about that in another podcast so, what are the aims and ambitions of the Bald Explorer podcast? Well, a once-a-week podcast, uh, probably coming out on Saturdays, as it's the one day of the week that I don't actually put a video out. Um, I will share this on Anchor FM, which is the podcast platform that I've chosen, recommended, actually, by the lovely Mark English, who I would recommend... You check him out, Mark with a Q, M-A-R-Q, English. Put him into Google or into YouTube and you'll find his videos there. He makes uh, all sorts of different types of videos. He recommended uh, Anchor FM as a podcast platform. I've used many um, platforms in the past, but in the old days it was very manual. These days a lot of this stuff is done for you. People can access podcasts on their smartphones very easily with simple apps which you download and there are many of those. I have no particular recommendation uh, for it but I know that my podcast if I put it on the Anchor FM platform it gets shared onto places uh, like Stitcher and iTunes and all the others so that people can get it very easily. So a Saturday show uh, of a magazine format as described with excerpts from things coming up, bits and pieces of interest including perhaps a recommended book, some interviews in due course um, and that sort of thing which will complement the Bald Explorer videos that I put out um, on YouTube and on Facebook. 
I should say that we have, for those that don't know, there is a Bald Explorer Facebook group, which is very popular. We've got over 1,200 members on that. And on YouTube, we have over 4,000 subscribers. And on Facebook, the Bald Explorer page currently has over 4,000 likes. So it is growing. The Bald Explorer, again, for those that are new to this and have seen this for the very first time, has been going, as I say, since 2013, where I made long format documentaries for television. Well, the Community Channel, uh, which was one of the uh, Sky Television programs, uh, channels for programs made by independent filmmakers, which was very good. Didn't get paid for that work but it gave me a platform to show my stuff off on a television uh, system. And of course, I got a, a, you know, you get a broadcast credit for doing that. You can say that you have been broadcast on television such as it, it is. However, um, I wanted to also share my content across the world to as many people who are interested in it and develop my ideas and I chose initially the YouTube platform and then latterly Facebook platform to do just that. And it does seem to be growing. And we've been going for about 18 months now on a daily basis, providing a 10 minute film Monday to Friday and one on Sunday, which is a behind the scenes video, which is an excerpt from each day, about two or three minutes where I reveal what I'm up to very often on location filming or paused or just before or just after filming one of the videos that I present. So um, that's that's where we do and that's what I'm doing. The aims of this podcast, I suppose, is to reach out to those people who don't watch so many videos, who find it more convenient to listen, who are also interested in landscape, nature and heritage, which are the three key components that the Bald Explorer is interested in, and um, keep people up to date with those that uh, are interested in all the goings on that I do, and it, as far as the Bald Explorer goes. And I also think that in audio, you can do things which are very different and more meaningful than you can do in video. Video is naturally a visual medium. Audio allows you to talk about and explore in more depth and have interviews with other people doing the same, a subject that perhaps would, if you are relying on purely the visuals or just a, a picture of somebody uh, doing something, would perhaps not work as well. And I think um, the pictures are often better when they are in audio. So that's really the aims and ambitions. So coming up this week in video, as I mentioned earlier, we have uh, two walks in Ashurst, in the Ashurst area, from a book published in 1977. I've taken a guidebook that one of my lovely viewers sent to me, and it's called Walks in Sussex. It's a guidebook that has a number of walks, several 
uh, different lengths in t- in terms of mileage that's covered in lots of different areas of Sussex. I chose as the starting one, one that wasn't terribly long, it's only three miles. It's, it doesn't actually go into Ashurst, which is near, near Stenning, near to Bramber, I suppose, in that sort of neck of the woods. And it doesn't actually go into Ashurst itself, but it goes into the countryside to the west of it. And it's uh, a beautiful walk through mostly woodland and some fields and i've done this yesterday as i record this so in the winter with the lovely julia julia hartley who comes out on many of my walks and um, i thought i'd play a little excerpt from that walk which will come out next week so julia so richard there's a signpost what does it say in the book now next It says, on reaching another signpost, follow the path left over a wood plank bridge and through a rather heavy wooden gate. Right, well I see a plank bridge. I see the plank bridge. That's to our right. Is it to the left or the right? It says to the left. Unless there had been a signpost there. Oh yeah. It came up there. Already, I mean this was in 1977. Funnily enough, we did see a bloke and he said, are you lost? And he said, no, because... We're actually trying to fathom this out. If you look here, there's a stream and it comes along and there's a plank bridge to our right and the stream goes underneath this lane to our left and I think it's just more of a drainage ditch. But the plank bridge, which is here, is supposed to be on our left, so we think the path has moved. Yes. In fact, must have. It must have, mustn't it? it, it must Unless this wasn't the plank bridge. Unless this wasn't the plank bridge. The that plank might bridge. have been a plank bridge originally, maybe. That's true. Who knows? I don't know. And the large wooden gate that it says that we're supposed to go through is, I'm guessing, there. So you can see that I'm very interested from these guidebooks in the changes that take place over... Even a short time, like 41 years, the book was published in 77 and in those 41 years, it's amazing, even in the countryside, just how much has changed. Uh, Some of the guidebooks that I have for the local areas in Sussex and uh, Hampshire and Kent and Surrey that I aim to explore in the next uh, 12 to 24 months ahead um, are, are even older. And the changes will be more dramatic, of course, over time. But it is fascinating how much change has happened in such a short space of time and whether we ought to be worried about that and how much of the landscape are we losing, particularly to a lot of new builds that are going up. But more on that, I'm sure, in future episodes. So let's move on now to the book of the week. And my recommended book of the week is um, a book called A History of Sussex by J.R. Armstrong. It was published in 1961, I believe, originally, and then updated in 73. So it isn't a book that I think is still in print. I don't know if that's true. Um, However, on the second-hand market, it is available for those in Sussex and uh, for those who are interested. And, of course, it is principally about the county of Sussex, which is a fascinating county because you have the Sussex Weald and the wonderful and infamous South Downs, which are beautiful as well 
as the coastal plain and the um, very much a lot of it the invasion beach if you think that uh, in Hastings in 1066 we were invaded in Dover in Kent just along a little bit we were invaded by Julius Caesar and uh, we've had the Saxons and the Vikings coming in as well so let me read to you a little precy about the book that's printed here in the um, in the on the fly sheet of this particular edition it says although hundreds of books have been written about Sussex covering many aspects of its history and topography there has been a lack of a short concise history giving a synoptic view of change and development from the earliest times to the present day the present volume is designed to fill that gap the first edition was published in 1961 and clearly met a real need for after several reprints a new edition much revised was produced in 1967 which in turn is now replaced by this considerably larger third edition the great success of the earlier editions has permitted Mr Armstrong to include chapters on aspects of the country's history which for reasons of space were almost entirely omitted from previous editions such as an account of the buildings and domestic way of life of the ordinary people at different periods and an analysis of the regional differences within the county between for example the coastal plain the chalk downs and the high weald there is also a great increase in the use of illustrations and of specially drawn maps as mr armstrong said in the preference to the first edition his purpose is to provide a brief but reasonably com comprehensive background against which the local guides or histories of particular villages and towns can be set in perspective after more than a decade of development in this completely revised sorry let me read that again after more than a decade of development this completely revised edition meets the objective and will be a basic reference book for all students of Sussex and visitors who have any interest in the making of the county as they see it today much of it sadly changing all too quickly and I think that's an interesting point going back to my conversation about change earlier this was uh, 1973 i'm pretty convinced that that's when this edition came out and i'm just going to double check that by looking inside 1974 1978 the reprint of this third edition <clears throat> excuse me and it's interesting their comments back then how they were worried about change well come on uh 40 odd years later and there is huge amounts of change uh, as we have seen with lots of buildings having been destroyed, parts of buildings um, being revamped, modern buildings coming in. And the landscape in the last, I would say, in the last 70 years, um, certainly since the Second World War, the landscape has changed dramatically in never before such a fast time. And I think that is a worrying trend 
that we the rate of change has been not only happened but it's accepted that we can change uh, within a lifetime the landscape and if you think back to in history generations after generations of things would would change uh, or other things would change over generation after generation but it would be such a slow and more gentle changing to the landscape nobody i think can ever say we should keep everything in aspic i think that is ridiculous of course and it's an argument that doesn't go anywhere because you can't keep everything in a time capsule however you can i think just make the changes more tolerable if they're over a greater length of time and my worry is that uh, we are escalating change far too fast anyway back to the book um it is a fascinating book although it is written a while ago the histories um which there may be new research of course in the interim time that tells us that some of the theories are wrong but on the whole i would hazard a guess that uh, 95% of this book is likely to be accurate it's very easy to read it's fascinating the diagrams and the drawings are very relevant and help you understand the prose and the text so it's uh, and a very easy and gentle introduction to sussex and one of the thoughts that i have come up with and i've mentioned this in other mediums that i've put out is that in the new year i'm quite interested as well as the general walks that i do uh the 10 minute video walks that i do is to put together a, a better full length say 15 minute special features perhaps one a month taking the history of sussex because it's the county that i live in um an an aspect or a chapter from mr armstrong's uh, book he's no longer with us i'm afraid i i think he died in the early 90s but as a homage to him and to his book on sussex to take a, a chapter and then reinterpret it and explain it um taking his word well not uh, not verbatim or plagiarism but to it, to take his interpretation and transfer that into video um and try and explore the history of sussex from his point of view in a short format uh, video but it's nicely produced anyway that's um, that's just a thought that uh, is going through my head i have a number of little th- projects like this that i would like to see it's a question of time and uh, money and on all of that so anyway that's my recommendation if you're caring to want something to read of course you may be able to find it in second hand bookshops or online on various retailers um who deal in second hand uh, manuscripts and things like that So I'm going to now tell you why you should become a patron of the Bald Explorer or a patron of Vobes as I have called it um to carry on the work that I've been doing for the last 18 months many of the videos in fact you know pretty much all of them have been supported by a number of patrons people who have donated money to the cause over the last uh, 18 months as i say whether that's 2 pounds a month or a lump sum of 
£10, £20. Some people have actually donated £200 in lump sums. Incredible, as you may think. I have a lovely lady up north who donates £40 a month to help me uh, realise the videos each day during the week and puts uh, petrol in the car and uh, supports what I do. And this now is fast becoming a full-time job. I, you may think, how do you make your money, Mr. Vobes? I um, have in the past been an entertainer and a corporate video producer. Well, the corporate video production, I do a little bit of, but not as much. I'm putting all my eggs into the Bald Explorer, burning my bridges as much as I can, and devoting my time in entertaining and educating in a fun and interesting way with the explorations of uh, this wonderful country, uh, Great Britain. And at the moment, because of resources and time, the local area of Sussex, uh, Hampshire and Kent. But occasionally I'm in other areas and I do what I do call mini adventures where I'll go and stay overnight uh, for a number of nights and explore different counties and different places. And they might include places like Glastonbury that I went with the lovely Julia, Avebury and uh, the Forest of Dean that I went on my own uh, in Gloucestershire, um, which was uh, fascinating and I stayed in a gypsy caravan. And I want to do more of those and I want to bring these experiences and share them, particularly with people who haven't been to these places, but also people who are unable to get out and about um, because of perhaps they're now infirm, they're elderly, or they've had uh, mishaps in life or they just can't because of work and commitments. And so I can bring to people the uh, experiences of this country some of its traditions its history its landscape its heritage and nature as I go on and I'm slowly learning a lot myself and developing my skills and uh, getting better at doing it and in order to do that I'm not a rich man as you can uh, probably imagine you do need an income of some description and so becoming a patron, supporting the channel um, is very, very important and enables me to go out and do these things. Um, and I would recommend that you check out the baldexplorer.com. Uh, it's www.baldexplorer.com. And you'll see there that there is a way that you can donate if you so wish. Before we go, I want to play in another little excerpt in the podcast today. And thank you very much for listening. Um, and this is from videos coming up with the delightful Andrew Shackson, who took us around the, the parish of Harting to a number of churches, one at Elsted and one at a church that had vanished um, and had only been in existence from for about 101 years so these are coming up in the videos uh, next week but uh, this is a little excerpt from the Elsted church in uh, West Sussex very close to Midhurst
you're going to take us in an interesting way because there is a gate, but there is these steps here. This, this is a footpath and it's um, long been here, so we'll right. go via these steps. I shall follow you through. <coughs> and here we are. The footpath goes off to the northern side. Oh, right. Up towards um, the, the, well, I was going to say the sort of Midhurst area, but well, we're a bit west of Midhurst, aren't we? Yeah. Yes, yes. So, as we come up to the front of the church, this particular church, now this church is a, a similar case with Diddling, that it was in a bit of a sorrowful state and has been repaired, but its, it's early times is back at the Saxon times. It is. Um, part of the structure, which we'll see in a minute, um, is indeed Saxon. It's probably a thousand years old. But what we're looking at here is not much more than 50 years old because Gosh. it was rebuilt and rededicated in 1951. Wow, so that's, that's quite recent for church modern modernification. Yeah. Well, it was a case of needs be because it was derelict. Yes. Um, inside the church is a before and after model of what it was like and that will illustrate very well just what the yes. the, why there was a need for a rebuild and and i mean and, and it's drastic isn't it you know the difference between the before and after is quite drastic with walls missing the bell uh, in the corner oh yes uh, i mean it's quite a, a a big change well it is um it's it's difficult to know how much detail to go into but um the point was that there were three the three medieval churches in this village were um, effectively closed and a big new Victorian church was built in their place, yes. which in its turn fell into disrepair and was demolished within a hundred years of being built. So they had to rebuild this church or have nothing. Or have nothing, yes. And we're going to tell that story of the, um, the, the new church and its demise in a, in a separate video. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far and that you'll be listening to next week's one. Uh, as I say, they will grow and get better. Finally, before we go, I've been talking about a gallery video. We have on the Bald Explorer uh, page uh, in the group that we run on Facebook, we used to do a show called the Bald Explorer Live. I do a Vogue show live on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 8pm on a page called The Vogue Show on Facebook and it also has its own YouTube channel but that's another story. But uh, we used to do a dip into the gallery, what we called the gallery. This was a look at the posts that people had been posting in the group. The group is a shared group on Facebook where it's a members only you can join there's no cost to anybody you just have to request to join it's a private group and people get on very well there it's a very likable group we don't really have any disgruntles or arguments or any policies uh, and uh, those sort of things um, and people principally post photographs we don't really put in memes um, and other and shared articles from elsewhere. It is really about what is generated by the uh, the users or the members. And very often there's some fantastic photographs of places that people have gone to that interest other members of the group who are looking for places to go. And they can be all sorts of things from museums to churches to county parks to interesting walks, ancient trees all sorts of things that encounter heritage, landscape and nature. 
And we thought, the lovely Julia and I, that we would put together a special video, uh, a presentation, perhaps once a week or once a fortnight, where we delve into the pages of the Bald Explorer group and pull out some of the pictures that have um, pick, that, that piqued our interest and also some of the text and explanation about those places and then present it as a video. We have yet to do this. Um, it used to be include, included in the Vogue show, but we're going to make it as a separate thing and it will appear on the Facebook page, uh, in the group page, and possibly on the uh, Bald Explorer page as well, on Facebook and then on YouTube. So it will come fairly soon. Um, it's just been a bit busy with a number of uh, issues uh, over the last few weeks, which I won't uh, go into. Um but it will come up. We hope to get one out before Christmas, which would be very nice. And then in the new year, a, a little bit more regular. Uh, same as with this podcast, which, you know, is a bit of a test, this first one. So that's it, really. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure to record a podcast and talk to you more intimately and tell you what's going on. It's been good fun. Let me tell you, next week... Among uh, a recommended book and some excerpts from walks that will be coming up in the future, um, possibly some interviews and bits and pieces, I will also give you my thoughts on living with a wood-burning stove. Now, I'm not talking about a stove that you'd have in your front room that you would do, that you would just, you know, keep yourself warm in there. I'm talking about when you get rid of your gas cooker and you turn away from the big six electric providers or the power providers and that you turn to sustainable woodland as your means of heating and cooking uh, your house and your food and indeed your hot water. And what is that like? I have recently purchased an SE Ironheart, which is similar to perhaps a Rayburn, would be a name you'd know, or an Arger, it's that sort of thing. And I've got rid of my gas cooker altogether. I've had a bit of a faff getting this thing installed, but it has been installed. And uh, by next week, it'll, I'll have had uh, three, three odd weeks with it. And I would have moved from a flick of the switch to having instant heat to burning logs, sustainable logs from a local forest. And I will give you my thoughts and uh, the pros and the cons of doing such a thing. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to leave a comment, you're very welcome. You can email me at richard@vobes.com. You can visit the website at www.baldexplorer.com. And I'm on Facebook under Bald Explorer and on Twitter, although I don't do much on Twitter, which is at Bald Explorer and at Vobes. And there is an Instagram called Bald Exploring. I think that's all the social media and bits and pieces I need to tell you. So take care one and all. Have a great week. Do check out the videos which are on Facebook and on YouTube. And I thank you for watching and listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye.